0: study looks at ways to protect ourselves from weight stigma. This is the Weight and Healthcare Newsletter podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. I write and talk a lot about weight stigma and its negative impacts on health. Today I want to talk about a study that looks at how we can protect ourselves. In September of 2022, Angela Meadows and Suzanne Higgs published Challenging Oppression, a Social Identity Model of Stigma Resistance in Higher-Weight Individuals. Big thanks to Dr. Meadows, who read a draft of this piece and offered commentary, which is quoted below. This study was the first to attempt to identify what factors predict whether a fat person does or does not internalize weight stigma. They begin by explaining that, while higher weight people make up about two-thirds of the population in Western countries, weight stigma is still ubiquitous in every area of life, including education, healthcare, employment, interpersonal interactions, and in the media. They also point out that being immersed in a culture of weight stigma leads many fat people to internalize that stigma, leading them to devalue themselves. They explain that, quote, the most fundamental component of weight related stigma directed at oneself Remains the endorsement of negative stereotypes attributed to higher weight individuals, applying those stereotypes to oneself, and exhibiting reduced self worth as a result of one's higher weight status. Unquote. The next piece of this is the fact that internalized weight stigma has been linked to quote, a wide range of negative health and behavioral outcomes in both treatment seeking and community sample. Unquote. Given this, the ability to avoid internalizing weight stigma is, quote, generally associated with superior psychological and physiological outcomes compared with stigma internalization or inaction, unquote. In order to identify predictors of weight stigma resistance, they examined factors including the alignment with the group fat. They start from social identity theory, which is, as Meadows explains, a theory of intergroup behavior that was developed in the 60s and 70s. Evidence from many types of marginalized groups suggests that where people can leave a devalued group, that is usually the strategy they pursue. This is what we know from experience, but it hadn't previously been applied to the idea that weight controllability beliefs constitute that permeable-impermeable group boundary, so should predict activism or alternative behaviors. In the context of that framework, the assumption was that those who think weight is changeable are likely to be working to leave the fat group to enter the not fat group, whereas those who have come to the conclusion that long-term significant weight loss is improbable, including through their own experience of weight cycling, may come to view themselves as permanent members of the fat group. For those members of the fat group, the next determinant of stigma resistance becomes if they believe that they deserve lower status or if they think that lower status is being unfairly foisted on them. The study authors created an online survey to measure perceived stigma, level of identification as an, overweight or fat person, perceived legitimacy of anti-fat discrimination, group permeability, stigma resistance, internalized weight stigma, and global self-esteem. Based on their answers, subjects were sorted into three groups. About a third were internalizers who tended to agree with statements relating to internalized weight stigma beliefs. About 17% of the subjects were classified as indifferent. They tended to agree or had no strong opinion about statements relating to either weight stigma internalization or weight stigma resistance. Finally, 50% were resistors, those who tended to disagree with or have no strong opinions about internalization statements and tended to agree with statements about weight stigma resistance. In the subsequent analysis, perceived legitimacy of weight stigma was the most important predictor of internalized stigma. Meadows explains, I think it's easier to understand conceptually if you think of it as kind of a continuum, though it's not fully linear with internalizers at one end and resistors at the other. The point here is that legitimacy beliefs were the best predictor of whether people tended to be internalizers or resistors. Internalizers had higher perceived legitimacy beliefs, although still not high, whereas resistors were way down at the bottom of the measurement scale. Investment in the fat group also predicted resistance, but people were able to reach resistor status even if they didn't invest in the fat group. Meadows says, To me, this is the most exciting and important piece. Group identity is usually considered the major determinant of activism or resistance. That resistors existed who weren't identified with the group was super interesting. You could use an allyship angle. Everyone needs to fight stigma, whatever their body looks like or their relationship with it. It's a place we can start even if we haven't quite got to full acceptance yet, as in the case of many of us who have discovered fat acceptance or liberation movement. We get it in principle, but it's hard to overcome all that brainwashing, but we can still fight stigma because stigma itself is bad. Group investment brings benefits on its own terms, in group identity is associated with improved well-being across marginalized groups. This study is groundbreaking, and the authors themselves point out that there is much more work to be done. Still, what actions might we take based on these findings? First, We can recognize that weight stigma is all around us and that internalizing it can do real physical and mental harm. We can become conscious of our own current thoughts about higher weight people, including ourselves and others, and start to question the legitimacy of the weight stigma-based beliefs that we've internalized. Understanding that we get many weight stigma messages from so many places, we can acknowledge and keep reminding ourselves that the work of learning that weight stigma is not legitimate is ongoing. We can seek out messages, books, articles, social media accounts, and more that help us to constantly and consistently remember that weight stigma is real, that it is wrong, and that while it may become our problem, it is not our fault and it should not happen. We can also choose that instead of thinking of ourselves as potential future thin people, we can identify as fat people and insist that as fat people, we have the right to exist without shame, stigma, bullying, or oppression, no matter why we are fat, if there are any, quote, health impacts of being fat, or if we could become thin. Until we live in a world that affirms our right to thrive in fat bodies, we can push back against any message that tries to convince us otherwise. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.